0: Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Ali Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. Today, I'm very excited to bring you Travis Carrier. Travis Carrier is a hypnotherapist and a past life regressionist. I'm really excited to bring him on the show. Hey.
1: I'm excited to be here. Hey.
0: <laughs> um, so first things first, what is, I mean, you're a hypnotherapist, but a past life regressionist, that's what we really want to get into. What does that even mean?
1: Um, it's, it's a, first of all, getting, you know, foundation is based in hypnotherapy. And it's really um, not what people commonly think of as hypnosis, though, mm-hmm. because it's really grounded in in me and meditation for me in meditation practice and in expanding consciousness rather than being like uh, induced to mm-hmm. uh, be under something. So I never tell people that that they're uh, they're under hypnosis mm-hmm. because I feel like maybe hypnosis is not the right term for it even because you're doing something very different than what mm-hmm. people commonly think of as hypnosis.
0: Okay, it's
1: about expanding awareness so that one can, um, first of all, f- you know, allow the, the common like relationship with their own energy to be better understood. Okay. So first of all, that means I would help somebody to get in touch with how they receive impressions through their uh, body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so what people mostly don't understand is that it, this information for past life regression or, or the deeper memories, they don't even come from, From the from the head space, they Mm -hmm. actually come through the heart center or through the belly, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so they're rising up from the deeper levels of of your inner being. You know, from Mm -hmm. uh, like a lineage that's beyond the personality.
0: So the difference between past life regression and uh, like a what you would consider a hypnotist, right, is that like if I'm hearing it correctly, is that you're you're creating a space for them to be able to tune in to whoever they were before versus you making them dance like a chicken. Yeah, exactly. So the
1: dance like a chicken thing is like, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that in high school, uh-huh. but that's stage hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of reasons why that happens. And the people that end up being a part of that are actually very suggestible. So they're getting a test before they're even brought the okay. stage. And then they're actually giving uh, that presenter in some way a, uh, you know, an affirmation that they're willing to be a subject in that. So it's, even though it may not be conscious, it may be an unconscious agreement, but they're giving that agreement. So Uh you have to be, you know, uh, willing to accept that suggestion Mm -hmm. and, um, suggestions are very powerful. I mean, I love to use this example, but in, um, there's a classic story that I, that I heard once and there was a fuck here, which a fuck here is not, <laughs> is it <laughs> is not fuck, fuck here, but it is, um, it's one of those people that does tricks in India. So they uh-huh. were in control of their body. Completely. Yeah, yeah. And so the guy that, uh, in the story, the fuck here was, and maybe it's not said like that, but <laughs> that's how I say it. So the guy, the guy, you know, was, um, he had a, he had a piece of rope that was twined up and he could make it, uh, stand up straight and stiff mm-hmm. this rope and he would sit on top of the rope mm-hmm. and then somebody who was walking by uh ended up a westerner was walking by and they took a picture of this you know uh, amazing feat that this fakir had, had performed in front of their eyes and then later when they went home and they uh developed the film it um in the developed film actually it showed there was just a guy sitting on the ground with a a pile of rope next to him so mm-hmm. the guy had you know what's significant about this is like it is the mind is is so suggestible that this guy was projecting the image of what he was doing into people's minds and they were thinking that this was happening wow i mean they saw it with their own eyes so yeah. i mean we are creating our worlds all the time like what we see our brain is putting together mm-hmm. so we're always creating our worlds it's it's going through a huge filtration system of our mind so um so that's a part of stage hypnosis but really in the reason that you know, in the work with passive regression, we focus on the heart and the belly is mostly because focusing on the heart allows you to check anything because the heart has almost like a, a compass within it or a, a gauge to mm-hmm. tell you what's true and what's not true. So mm-hmm. you can't be fooled as easily. So not only are the deeper memories held in there in a seed within your art center, but um, but also it's it's a, it's a checking of what's real and what's what's being fabricated through your your conditioning or your mind.
0: Mm-hmm. So people who um, – so some listeners may have never experienced any type of hypnosis. And their fears might be that when you go and talk to someone who's like so, – so for instance, myself. Um, for you guys listening, uh, Travis was my first hypnotherapist that I've ever seen. And I was very interested in the past life regressions. And I was not a believer of reincarnation until done so. So the fear that I have heard from other people or that I was having myself – Was that, okay, if I'm to go into this hypnosis, am I going to be unconscious? Is there is he going to suggest something to me? Am I making (laughs) stuff up? So, like, what's your process in quelling those fears for them?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I'll I'll start off by explaining the way that I work, really. And I think that helps to quell those fears, as you said. Um, So when somebody is coming to me for the first time to help them quell their fears, I will really explain the way that I work, which I think is different than the way most people expect this uh, process to unfold. And um, and in the way that I work, it's, first of all, it has nothing to do with, uh, with me uh, putting my own thoughts or ideas into somebody and having them, you know, create a reality that isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's more about allowing them and giving permission for the person to uh, to receive what is arising. So I, at the beginning, I helped them kind of in a learning kind of way, get in touch with um, how they're receiving their impressions. And a lot of times people receive impressions in different ways than visual. And we have to go through our own bodies to access those deeper memories. So we have to first get in touch if it's a, a touch or a kinesthetic person, or if they're auditory, or more olfactory, which is smell and and hearing. And then by trusting those ways, um, a person is really uh, able to to allow what's rising up from the deeper mind to come forward. And then they use their breath to kind of spread into that scene. And then I really ask them questions based on what they're sharing with me that are not leading questions. They're very open-ended. And then that just helps them to keep being curious and guided and being guided into this experience more in depth. And um, so
0: how does that progress? What does that look like? You put them under. Yeah. So I
1: don't, like I said, say I'm putting anybody (laughs) under no, I mean, I really guide somebody like in a guided meditation to help them relax the body. And then so it's really the body's relaxing and the mind is awakening. And so you're expanding the consciousness so that it's it's spread out so it can include more, uh, more information. Um, and then after that... It's really like a, a collaborative uh, effort where we work together to go through a few uh, mental stretching exercises is what I call them. And really that means is we're going back through childhood. Mm-hmm. And this serves a few a few uh, very important purposes. One is to help them get used to seeing and feeling in that internal way okay. so that it's easier to start with something that you've experienced in this life. And secondly, it's so that we don't spiritual bypass and that if there is anything important, that needs to be focused on or given attention before we go beyond this life. We take the time to do that, so I give that an op- as an opportunity to both learn and for you know their their unconscious, their deeper mind to share with us anything that may need you know to be healed or or brought back into their into their whole self, so that they can go forward into these deeper realities with a strong and firm foundation. Because for me, I really think it's important that people have a firm foundation for the deeper like past life stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and beyond past life to really land and to be because otherwise it'll just won't have the place to land and there won't be anywhere for it to be able to be integrated with their
0: current life with their current life yeah so it's
1: really important
0: is that what spiritual bypass is or
1: well I mean I think that spiritual bypass is a lot of things but in my understanding for what I do spiritual bypass is sometimes wanting to have a big spiritual experience and not focusing on what's you know happened and what's closest to your body mm-hmm. and your emotions and your, and your belief system or your the way that you structure your mental continuum.
0: Mm-hmm. So what happens when? So you take them through childhood.
1: Yeah. So through childhood, and it's a few memories through childhood,
0: mm-hmm.
1: progressively getting younger, and then um, from that point, we go into this very special experience in the womb. Mm-hmm. Which is where a person first connects their soul's consciousness with the body and the family's lineage. So it all kind of converges in this one very powerful, you know, moment. And it's 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 subtle at first, but by that time we've we've warmed up enough to where that stuff does come through pretty strong. And I really haven't had one person that didn't have an experience in the womb. Uh-huh. So. Most people would think it would happen with some and not with others, but it really happens with everybody, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's. What are a, you
0: doing that makes them get in contact with that part of their memory?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a really good question. So, first of all, we're progressively expanding beyond the personality and allowing these openings to your inner world to be uh, to be accessed, which you know when what i happens say happens in
0: the brain that makes that happen because we normally everybody says that you can't remember anything past 3 because of the way that the brain's development with the, the amygdala or the prefrontal cortex or whatever but yeah. what happens in 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 the session that suddenly opens that door for them is it more spiritual is it there's a suggestion or
1: yeah i mean so so there is like kind of i mean as i'm guiding them to have these experiences i'm um, in my own way, you know, I'm I'm marking a structure of the session. Mm -hmm. So I am saying from the youngest memory, I'm guiding them. Okay. We're going to go back in time. And this is going to be a very easy experience for you because you're already so young. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be moving just into that time when you're in your mother's womb, And you're preparing to come into this life, so we can explore what you're coming here to learn, Mm -hmm. or do, or work on. So we're getting a sense of the spiritual aspect connecting to the physical current life aspect. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of bringing them together. So there is a little bit of a very open-ended suggestion, and and usually at that point, I mean, with people's permission, I will, you know, place my hand on their forehead to make to allow them to um, to open their
0: sensory their
1: sensory perceptions (laughs) in a deeper way you know yeah
0: yeah. so that
1: really helps i mean that really enables it to come forward pretty strong
0: okay so when so now that you've gone through the womb experience or whatever um what happens next how do you get to the gate of the lives because like if you've had i didn't even believe in past lives when it happened for me so the first one that stood out was essentially there's a couple that came up first and then there was one that was okay this one's the strongest so we'll go down that loop or whatever but like that that part
1: so when uh first of all i just want to say when a few memories come up a few past lives come at once Mm -hmm. usually there there's a very um from my understanding there's a very connected reason for that Mm -hmm. it's very rare that when we're going to a past life that multiple come up at the same time okay and it could be either the person is like already connect you know in tune with their past lives or secondly that and most, most, uh, commonly is that they have a, they have a, a very, you know, common thread between them as far as karma or, or healing or, or, uh, or structure in your, in your awareness that, that, uh, that relates them to each other and, mm-hmm. and brings them up at the same time mm-hmm. and that they're all a part of one bigger umbrella of a story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um. But the question was, what happens to get from the womb yeah. to the past life? So to do that, you know, we've already set up like a vehicle of, of traveling uh, back in time. And when we rise up out of the experience in the womb, we rise up and disengage from the time with with the mother. And then we can either travel in that vehicle, or we can travel through a tunnel, maybe a tunnel that and usually tunnels are very a very good way to do it because they mimic like wormholes yeah. or vortexes or anything like that or doorways mm-hmm. and so it's a it's it's a symbol to or a metaphor to travel through something mm-hmm. and so um we are using the language of 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 symbols and um and and um and images, but that's the way the soul, the soul actually communicates in metaphors and in symbols. Mm-hmm. So this is like a very easy way for us to take that journey.
0: Is that how you get the subconscious to engage with Yeah, that? exactly. Okay.
1: But, but for me, I always trust that the deeper intelligences and the guardians or the guides mm-hmm. are guiding this process 100%. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even, I know that I don't need to, to even have that, you know, mental representation of a tunnel. Mm-hmm. But it helps a lot of people to, you know, take that next step mm-hmm. into the past lives. Nice.
0: So once you get to a past life, for yeah. instance, um, what's the process of guiding them through that? Because the information that they're seeking, some people are just interested and like, oh, I'm to look at a past life. Some people are looking for very specific information. You as the practitioner, how, like... Do you do you ask them what they want to know, and then try to guide them in that direction? Does it naturally just come up? Do you let yeah. that? Do you lead that by intuition? How does it work for you to get them there?
1: I mean, that really um, is coming right off of what I just last said. Mm-hmm. You know that it's really guided. Is you know because. I do ask people what their intention is when we first meet. The first thing I ask them is what did they really want to let go of, or what what would they like to gain Mm -hmm. from this experience? And those are two very important questions. And that'll help us get an an idea of an intention for the session. And really, like, at the point that we're going through the tunnel is when I will be able to place that intention um,
0: Uh in place. The suggestion.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's the suggestion. I mean, I already will say, you know, like, gonna to go to one that will benefit you, that will help you recover, you know, past life memory that will allow you to um, to release anything that's holding you back or to regain, regain anything, any talents or abilities that will help you to move forward. Mm-hmm. But then in that moment I can add in the person's intention for the session as well. It doesn't mean it'll always, <coughs> you know, come out just as they intend it to be, mm-hmm. because usually we have an understanding from our mind what we would like out of things. Yeah. And then always, secondly, there's an urgency from spirit that's that's uh coming forward to the surface that wants to share with us something that's more significant at this moment for okay. their lives. So
0: So that's how you're able to guide them.
1: So that's how I'm able to guide them. I mean, there is, you know, I try not to lead them, so I don't even put my intuition on that at that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless like we've done a lot of work with the inner child work or the womb. And there's something like a very common theme coming up and maybe we'll, you know, I'll even ask the person permission before I put my intuition on their intention.
0: Okay. Yeah. So there's a big part of intuition that plays a part in your work as a hypnotherapist. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So is there anybody like, have you ever had a situation where someone just couldn't come up with anything?
1: I mean, people, okay. I would say about 40, 30 to 40% a lot of people will say that throughout the session at different moments, maybe in childhood or in the womb okay. or at the past life part. But, you know, I'm very persistent and um, very stubborn. <laughs> so I don't really like allow that to be um, a reality because we are living multidimensional beings and there is no part of us that is for where it's possible for there to be nothing happening. Mm-hmm. When somebody says there's nothing happening, well, you know, my first question, uh, question or my first thought is, what does nothing really mean for you? Mm. Is nothing, it could be very subtle. It's not the way you're used to receiving information. It could be, you know, slight movements. There could be uh, subtle vibrations. But, you know, what really helps with the past life part, we've really addressed all of those. Those learning processes already. Mm. And so then to start the past life, I'll say, you know, I'll start them by looking down at their feet, which is very classic past life stuff, mm-hmm. and then move up the body. And that gives, them a, gives the person a chance to really take it slow, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we go bit by bit, and then they can um, become aware of the temperature and the environment, and you become aware that they are in this experience mm-hmm. 100%. You know, they're not just at this point looking from the outside, but they're also experiencing like a different uh, – what it's like to feel like a different person yeah so that's very you know unique
0: there's like a so on my first one that we did um i've done two with travis now um the first one you did that the very same thing look at your feet what are you wearing and so my first thing that i saw was like i was wearing some kind of beat up sandals like leather sandals that you know wrapped around my legs and I had on this skirt that seemed to have some type of netting metal netting on it, which I was like, that can't be comfortable. (laughs) Um, and I was wearing like a teal bandeau top. I was wearing a wig and instantly I felt Egyptian. I was like, Oh wow, this has this kind of vibe. Um, and he he asked me to look at my hands and I looked at my hands and I could see that I was wearing a Jasper ring. And so we went further through the, through the whole, um, regression and find, come to find out that the reason why I was wearing the Jasper ring was because I was infertile. And so, and I didn't, I don't, I didn't know what the meaning of Jasper was after we got out of the regression. I looked it up and that um, was the same, but down to names. Like I literally, my name was Claire Euphemia. And then the the man that I had married, that was like the love of my life. His name was Obed Umdomnia, which is like a highly specific name. Yeah, um, And I had to look it up. I looked it up for a couple of weeks. I couldn't find it. And uh, one of my guides was like separate the names Claire Euphemia, separate names. Euphemia was an ancient Egyptian Coptic name that they mm. would use, and the definition of it was well spoken. So you have the Claire, what well, clear and well speaking, mm-hmm. basically. So I was uh, a medium then as well.
1: That's amazing. I don't even remember. You don't remember you, that. I don't remember you sharing <laughs> me sharing with me the after research. Yeah.
0: yeah, and then Obed Obed was a name like the, it was it was consistent with the timeline. So that for me, as someone who was a skeptic sitting in that and having that experience. Cause I'm, I'm super open-minded, open-minded anyway, but when I was getting that information while we were sitting there the whole time, I'm going, eh, I probably made that up. Oh, I probably saw that on the mummy or like, I'm, I've always been super into, uh, ancient Egypt yeah, yeah. stuff, go to the museum and see it. So I'm thinking maybe I just like subconsciously pick something up, but then to go in and look afterwards and be like, Oh shit. Like this yeah. is like, <laughs> this is lining up to what we were talking about historically even.
1: And I mean, that's why we do the preparation stuff is because it's rising up through the body, through the belly center and through the heart center. So it's not something you're creating like a movie, like you see on the screen. Yeah. You know? It's something that's coming, rising to you. And for me, in my own experience, it's almost can be holographic and you're sort of using your breath to, ex- to extend into it. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting information as you do that each time. So it's a constant focusing and refocusing. It's a very active thing.
0: So why? What's the the top reason that most people come in to see you? Besides, I mean, like for the past lives, what are they looking to get out of it?
1: I mean, it's really for such a broad, um, a, a broad collection of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them have to do with relationship clarity or what they're, you know, why they're born into the family they're born or why they're seeing patterns in their life that come up one after another that seem to be, have no correlation mm-hmm. to their current life. Or maybe it does have a correlation, but it just, it's not understood why the charge is so strong mm-hmm. for, uh, for this, for those, you know, uh, examples of things that have happened in the current life. I mean, mostly people come to me for, for, you know, a healing that kind of a healing that has, you know, s- something that's calling them, you know, to be kind of reintegrated on a very deep level that they don't have a clear understanding of what that, what that is, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I like to tell, I like to see it this way because I think it is very much this way is that really in, in past life regression, I'm guiding somebody to be their own healer. Mm -hmm. So like, I know what to do when things happen and how to recognize, and I have, you know, the experience and the references of how to, you know, Allow those exchanges and reintegrations to take place, or to get to the core structure of the situation, Mm -hmm. the linchpin, as I like Mm -hmm. to call it. But um, but I'm really guiding people to do it for themselves. So in that way, I think it's very very empowering because you know I'm when something comes up, I'm you know guiding somebody to do that work themselves or use their creative mind to be a part of the process. Uh So So it's um, very collaborative. So it's very collaborative, but then that also has you know, very wide and deep repercussions into their current life because they're, you know, active in this empowering, like taking their place, taking their power back or giving back what's not theirs anymore, taking back what they've lost. Mm -hmm. So, um,
0: does it seal any karma to, to acknowledge those things?
1: Absolutely. I mean, karma is, I mean, karma, the meaning of karma, I believe is, well, I think initially it has to do, it, it means bad actions. Oh, Um, I think today, nowadays we see it as, as a balance of actions Mm -hmm. or a give and take. Um, but absolutely it exchanges karma. I mean, I don't actually think that anybody needs to explore their past lives for fun. I think Mm -hmm. that you're only doing it because it's taking up space in your energy field Mm -hmm. and it's something that you need to let go of. And from every time that I've had my own past life, once I you know, did the work and re, re, uh, vivified that memory and did the healing work mm-hmm. for me after the experience, the past life was so far away, mm-hmm. at least, you know, the energy of it, the yeah. story might be present yeah, because the yeah, door yeah. is open, but the, the power of that charge or that energy or what it was, you know, there to teach you for, yeah, 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 exactly. Is so far away and distant. It doesn't feel like you need to really go into it too much mm-hmm. anymore.
0: So, how many of your own lives have you dug into?
1: I've probably I've probably dug into not as many as people would assume. You know, probably four or five. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I got into all of this stuff to to do something which is really an advanced uh, session beyond past life regression, and that is life between lives. Mm-hmm. And um, let's talk about that. Yeah. So that's really <laughs> the spiritual regression, mm-hmm. and really what. At that point, it's really not a regression anymore because we're moving out of time and space. We're moving out of these chronologies of time. And to do that, we actually do this same process. So it's all one movement to me towards the same thing. So, you know, it would be an advanced session beyond past life, but we would follow the same path through, through the childhood Mm -hmm. to the womb and the past life. And then we would spend a very short amount of time in the past life. And that's why it's an advanced session because we would have already done the work Mm -hmm. And then we would follow the death scene from the past life into the spirit world, which is that's, which has been discovered, you know, through past life regressionists and through people that channel that there is a whole wide uh, experience where spirits go back to, um, where souls go back to after their lives uh, on Earth or wherever they're living to kind of decompress, reconnect with their soul group and their their spirit guides, and to you know, um, just review and integrate their lessons, you know, mm-hmm. from the experience they just had.
0: So what is the most common thing that you hear about people that people say in the, in the in-between lives? Cause if we're all <laughs> going to some place, there must be some com- commonalities.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> no, uh, the guy that discovered it was a counselor and the passive regression, and he discovered it by chance just by asking somebody, you know, he was having trouble with a client and because they were very lonely in this life and he wasn't finding anything really. And then he said, well, you know, maybe you could go somewhere where your friends are. And her friends, this client, the client's friends were actually in spirit and they were a group of souls that were people that were very close to her and working with her in a very in a very unique way, like at almost like an independent study, like they had a common way of expressing themselves when they incarnated, you know, in their lives and mm-hmm. they worked together in the spirit realm. And so then after that, he really did a, he was a great researcher and did a lot of research. The guy's name was Michael Newton. And he found out that, you know, there are a lot of things, I mean, that are very common to people. Mm -hmm. It's almost uncanny actually. Mm -hmm. And they describe it maybe visually very different, but there are common experiences like being welcomed by loved ones as one possible experience or going back to a classroom or going to the library, which we know is the Akashic records. Mm -hmm. And then also going to the council or the elders that work with you through many lives to help you to grow Mm -hmm. and advance and evolve. Mm And so these were like the foundational things that he discovered, and now of course there's there's a lot more being discovered, but mm-hmm. you know, the common stuff is basically
0: those those you know, things
1: those things, yeah.
0: So we did a, a in between lives uh, regression with me a few weeks back, <clears throat> and I had a very interesting experience of like essentially seeing what what I called a proverbial break room, um, where people came and there was like a <clears throat> like a giant pyramid with this rainbow waterfall. Um, you were There were lots of people around that. It was almost almost like, a, it just felt like a meeting room, like the souls who had already passed who were hanging out and then people who were sleeping who would then come into the astral realm and then, um, you know, other entities as well, guides or whatever. And it was just kind of like, it seemed incredibly diverse, but like people were hanging out, talking about their experiences, learning or whatever, there's classes and things like that. So <clears throat> it was... In my mind, when I was going through that regression, there was still a lot of self-judgment because the things that I'm seeing or experiencing and the way my subconscious might be interpreting them, it's like, is this real? Like, yeah. I don't know, am I actually feeling this or whatever? But it's it felt very palpable. So, like to explain to you guys, when you're in a in a past life regression or in between live session, there's a lot for myself how I experience it. Is Travis's kind of Guiding me, essentially asking me questions. so You ask me a lot of questions, open-ended questions. Open-ended yeah. questions. So, what do you see? What are you feeling? What is the color? Like, what is it? How is it? Whatever. So, I'm having to get really in my senses and feel what that feels like to my my first impression.
1: Yeah. The, right. So, the first impression is always the closest to the uh, deeper mind. It's actually, rec- you know, been researched. It's about a second faster than conscious mind. Yeah. So, it's a lot in yeah. inner experience.
0: So, do you feel like people tend to negate their first impression and then go off, or like, do you are you able to read and see that when it happens?
1: Yeah, actually, I've learned <laughs> over time to follow the energy, so I can see it in them, and I can see if it's rising up through the heart center or the belly, and then I can actually see when it, they come up to their heads, and that's when mm-hmm. I start to be like, okay, come back, take a breath, let's mm-hmm. move back to the body. So I watch that the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you say see it. What do you
1: mean? Well, yeah. So it's not really seeing it like we understand seeing it, but I see in my way of describing it, it's, uh, it's an, I'm seeing energies. So, um, um, it's like a feeling mixed with a seeing of, um, almost like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but almost like like, uh, cloud, like soft, subtle clouds, you Uh know, like, uh,
0: uh, like you're, you're able to visibly see some kind of like,
1: I'm able to see some colors Mm -hmm. and some movement.
0: Auric fields. Yeah. It's,
1: it's really like the auric field. Um, it's really like, it's really like I would describe it as light, Uh but I know that that, it's not like light, like we see in the outside world. It's very much like astral light Mm -hmm. and movement in relation to that. Mm -hmm. So it's like the attention of their awareness. You know, I could see where their awareness is coming and arising out of.
0: So, is there anything? So, for myself, when I go into regression, I always find on a on a body level that I tend to shake. Yeah. And so, there is like a a physical, very physical aspect to going back into that, or going to that spiritual place while I was under hypnosis. That's my personal experience. I don't know if do other people experience that
1: um it's like it happens every once in a while and the and my understanding is it my understanding is that it is actually related to this to the current like biological structure that you're in and how you're holding some of your past experiences so it's kind of it's coming through that but as soon as you get out of the um out of the personality or out of the body and connect with these this other you know deeper essence or soul self you're really uh you're letting all that go so i have a few examples of that and you know first of all my i got into a really bad car accident in 2011 i think and when i went to train for life between lives you know i when well when i first experienced all of this stuff i did have a similar you know kind of shakiness from um from, you know, that mixed with some uh stuff that I had to, you know, learn and grow from in my in my youth. Mm-hmm. And so I was in one of those free-floating chairs and, you know, I was the chair was was shaking a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. And so it so I know from personal experience that this happens because the emotional body still has stuff that it's holding on to uh, okay. and it's, you know, mm-hmm. needing to let go of. But to go back to the car accident, when I first did the Life Between Lives, I went to, like, the Council of Elders, and then I said, you know... Explain I need...
0: what the Council of Elders is, because a lot of people will
1: not... Yeah, so it's, like, right. wise beings or advanced, you know, intelligences, spirit entities that are kind of beyond this, beyond the guides. Mm-hmm. They're, like, the... Uh, they're galactic
0: like... Council? Yeah,
1: Galactic oh. Council, they're like the overguides of your guides. Mm-hmm. So each person, each being, each soul has their own collection of these Galactic Councils, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like there's one. There may be, there is... Probably the structure and order of, you know, the universe is there is one, but there's also like, you know, microcosms of versions of that for all spiritual entities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had this feeling I needed to go off to the left or whatever it was, one direction and go under this also waterfall that was rainbow like. Uh And, uh, you know, I got under this waterfall and I had had this terrible discomfort from whiplash from this accident Mm -hmm. And so I, when I got into the waterfall, I saw that I had these ruby red stones in my upper back and it just melted them away and just completely disintegrated them. And from that day forward, I never had, you know, the problem in my back that I had from that accident ever Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. So I had spent, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of time going to chiropractors and doing all this stuff. And after that, I never had to again. So that was, you know, very, you know, I mean, significant and helpful. It's very
0: groundbreaking. Yeah. It's a change of physical ailment through that. Therapy.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, for me, it makes sense because I do a lot of it. But in spiritual healing, you know, the spirit is is you have the blueprint of your of your physical existence, yeah. and when you go to the spiritual level, you can bring in that you know that healing awareness, that healing energy, all the way through to the physical level. Mm-hmm. It's not common for people to be able to do that, mm-hmm. but it is. Pretty groundbreaking, I guess. It's not in you know, it's not you know commonly accepted by our science, right? Our medical
0: communities, yeah. Which I want to get into that next. Um, we're going to take a short break from a word from our sponsor, um, and then we'll come back with the the science versus spiritual aspect. And we're back.
1: So during the break, I was actually thinking about the question that you asked if if people uh, doubt what they're receiving as Mm -hmm. far as information that's coming forward. And one of the early learning experiences for me is I was working with somebody that was, you know, an ex, uh, an ex army Mm -hmm. parachuter Mm -hmm. and they had been injured. And basically, you know, when we were crossing from the death scene of the past life, we were crossing into the spiritual uh, realm, into the to connect with the soul. And there's this in between stage of that. There's a gateway to the spirit world, to the spirit world, and it's a very creative and beautiful experience. And in my own experience, like you know, shedding away of all the layers and connecting with like the pure energy or pure radiance of your being. Mm-hmm. And with, with this person in particular, he was like, you know, I feel like I'm floating around and there's just all this beautiful white clouds and it's kind of, or it's grayish. And I don't know, there's not much happening and, you know, kind of spent a long longer than usual on this space. And mm-hmm. usually there is this space with some people that we're kind of like in this open kind of um, empty place, mm-hmm. but the empty place is really a stage along the journey. To to the spirit world. Uh And so then we're going back and forth and I'm trying to, you know, get a sense of what's happening for this person. And then he goes, oh yeah, I didn't, I forgot to mention, you know, classic. um, I forgot to mention that there was this woman's face at one point about five minutes ago. (laughs) And so that was like, that is essential to the whole opening that we're receiving right now because it's those first, you know, experiences that come forward that are so key and Mm -hmm. so uh, absolutely necessary for us to give significance to, to go forward. Right. And so then once we brought her back in, she was the one, she was his spirit guide ready to take him further. Mm. So we had to really connect with her Yeah. and he couldn't really like let go of that
0: because of the, the doubting of self or he, he just like failed to mention it or
1: he was just like, um, exp- I think like his own expectations or what he, you know, didn't really, or didn't know if he even believed in this mm-hmm. stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so I think he was looking like what is happening and it's just, there's all this, you know, maybe he was assuming it was psychic information, yeah. which, you know, it's really not psychic information. It's something much deeper. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to, you know, explore around, fly around in this open airy mm-hmm. space. And, um, you know, to make that crossing, we actually have to, we have to, you know, Become aware of some key uh, some key helpers and allies. Mm-hmm. That's one of
0: the ways that it really happens. Mm-hmm. So, something that I was thinking about when you're saying that is there there are two sources of disbelief that I think come with this with your job from outsiders. Um, one would be the disbelief that we have past lives at all, um, and then one from like a more medical scientific side of things. Um, that hypnosis could actually get you there even mm. if they had believed in the past lives so that's with that, true yeah 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 so like the
1: University of Virginia has a research about past lives but they still can't um, they can't prove that hypnosis is the way to get there to get even there. though they've done like my teacher has done sessions with the professors there mm-hmm. and the research team and they've all accessed it. But there's no way for them to get the
0: to verify the that, evidential like,
1: proof for to yeah. verify, yeah,
0: yeah, because nobody could say, "Oh, yeah, we can look up here." At this you had this past life here, exactly. So yeah. it makes that really difficult and subjective in a lot of ways, yeah. But I would imagine that for you doing this type of work, I mean, that doesn't matter, like if you can prove it or not, because you seem to still be helping people, right? Like Absolutely.
1: Having- I mean, people's lives are changed, and um, there's just beautiful movements taking forward. Lots of attachments unhealthy attachments that are able to be understood and get clarity on and released Mm -hmm. and um it also puts a lot of things in perspective about why you choose the family you choose or what are the lessons you're still struggling with and why there's you know why you're being held back from those things and so for me like one of the reasons one of the ways that i you know, address that question, um, is it true? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I even know if this was real is that, first of all, I'm not putting any leading ideas into your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all coming from within yourself. Second of all, it's not you're not just using your imagination and creating a movie. And third of all, like the way that you feel the way people are moved by these experiences and these, and these healing movements during past life regressions, Mm -hmm. and, and beyond are, are felt by the person. And they're not something you could just, you know, with a snap of your finger, create yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So during one of my first one, <clears throat> I remember there was an instance and I won't get real specific cause it was almost traumatic in nature. Like, and not that you brought on trauma, but that I was remembering something that deep down is something in this life I've been terrified of super, super scared of. And so having an incredibly emotional response to that as it's being brought to light in that past life. And I hate that I'm being vague, but it's probably a trigger for a lot of people Um, and and experiencing that in that moment. But then to see you kind of step in and say, okay, like if you can not already tell Travis's super soothing voice, but like (laughs) to, to move me out of that space of trauma, but then to understand why I was having this fear was to me groundbreaking. So I didn't have, It was as if I walked out of that room that day, not scared of that thing anymore, knowing where it came from. And I'm not a past life regressionist, but I have a friend who she's terrified of flying, Mm -hmm. terrified, um, back and forth, back and forth. I can't get on this plane. I have this flight coming or whatever, just terrified that she's going to go have this plane crash and she's going to die. And something about it didn't add up to me. I was feeling like very, just on an intuitive level, I was feeling like, it doesn't seem like you're actually scared of flying, but I don't know why. And so- we went to um, we went to the mountains or whatever, and we're hanging out together. And she came upstairs from breastfeeding her son and she was like in a meditation or something. And she came upstairs and she was getting ready to tell me a dream about hers. And I was like, Oh my God, you're you're not scared. It would just hit me like a boom. You're not scared of flying. You're scared of being abducted. And her face, like her whole eyes just went wide and she just got really teary-eyed and she's like, I cannot believe this right now. I was getting ready to come up and tell you about my dream that I had about getting abducted. The dream was very visceral. It was crazy. But then even a step further, she said while she was meditating, she asked her guides to give me something for her to help her heal that thing. And so anyway, she connected the dots. But that said, how that relates is the the fear or whatever that she was experiencing that seemed very illogical or seemed very like, I don't even know why this is a problem, why this is coming up. I've never had any experiences with you know, that to make me fear this thing. Mm -hmm. And then for me to tap into whatever other life like thing, trauma that she might've had to connect the dots in this life that then she was, she's able to, so that Thursday she got on a flight just fine, fell asleep. She's fine. She's happy. So like to see that experience transform, from being able to acknowledge that other life I didn't two years ago, I didn't even believe in it. And now I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. This is like, duh. Like you didn't know, you know, kind of thing. So do you feel like you've had experiences for yourself that have been highly transformative for those people who may have come in just being trying to be open-minded and then Mm -hmm. like, what was their experience afterwards?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I think that it's the greatest gift to be a skeptic. And I love working with Mm -hmm. the people that are skeptical because it's so beautiful to see the unfolding of somebody's, you know, uh, getting a broader perspective and understanding of life, you Mm -hmm. know. And also I can relate to it because I went into all of this for myself with, you know, a question mark like, let me just explore and see what happens. I mean, it was never, I was never firmly a believer or not yeah. believer. And I think, you know, that's a healthy way to be. I, I would say question everything. Don't just take somebody's word for mm-hmm. it and try it yourself. And I think um, it's really healthy and beautiful to be that way because, because then, you know, those are the people that get the greatest gifts and the greatest treasures out of this experience because, you know, there, there's something, you know, profoundly waiting them, you know, mm-hmm. to, to remember, to mm-hmm. reintegrate. So, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah,
0: but. yeah, I think so. Um, but you, as a person, yeah, what was? Did you have any like really deep fears about what you'd uncover? Like, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious because you mean like, people, when
1: I first did it? For when myself. you
0: first do it, yeah. Like, what was your experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, actually, you know, I can relate. I think so the way that I work and everything that I do, I've learned through my own journey, Mm -hmm. which is what makes the way that I work unique. And like, I also bring something different to past life regression that, you know, makes it its own thing, I Mm -hmm. believe. And um, what's
0: different about yours? Well,
1: I study, I mean, I'm also working, you know, very intently in the lineage tradition for spiritual healing Mm -hmm. and, uh, and constellation work, which is. Family constellation and um, spiritual constellations, which goes, you know, what does that mean? So spiritual constellations and family constellations is another type of, of, uh, of an alternative healing modality, Mm -hmm. and it's worked with a group, and you, in a group setting, you know, open up uh, a circle, a sacred circle, so, and then so so that somebody can come forward. And, um, and ask to work on something specific, maybe something in their life or their family, or, you know, just like they would for a past life, they would come for a reason. And maybe it doesn't have to be so concrete, or it does need to be concrete, but maybe they don't have to understand the full thing, but Mm -hmm. they feel the urgency from within. Yeah. And then we ask representatives to stand up and to stand in for Basically, the family, or if it's the structure of their, you know,
0: you're saying representative, but do you mean? I mean, like people, real people, real people. So (laughs) So on this show, you have to be. No, that's good. That's you have to catch me because I'll (laughs) say movement a
1: hundred times, and people are like, "What do you mean by movement?" Yeah. So I'm learning to be more descriptive, but so keep asking. But um, but no, it's real people, and so like, what I like about that work is that it mirrors the internal experience that I'm having, that I've you know grown to guide others to Mm. have. And it's also allowing uh, me to bring bring, like that awareness into a group setting and work a field with a group Mm -hmm. in a very direct, powerful way without them knowing the story. So you Mm -hmm. don't really need the story for that. Yeah. But the reason past life regression or regression in general is different is because the person's empowered to do it for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's more one-on-one. And so I just feel like I bring like this uh, broader understanding of a larger, you know, awareness of, of the super intelligence or super conscious of the of any situation like the family has an intelligence or a soul if you want to Mm -hmm. call it that and the person each person has a soul Mm -hmm. or super conscious Mm -hmm. so you know working with that with a group and you know enabling to trust spirit to to show you the best way forward you know is it has really opened up a lot for me and the regression work to to take it deeper, to yeah. explore what it's like to allow spirit and and that person's, you know, uh, personal, uh, you know, soul authenticity to really guide us to the best path
0: forward. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot like, um I'm, like, I'm curious, like, in your training, was there a lot of, I mean, you obviously are an intuitive yourself. So being coming from that perspective, because some hypnotherapists aren't. They come from more of like a psychology background, or yeah, Something yeah. more like traditional or right, something like yeah. that. So, um, in your own training, did you have to do, go through like psychology? Did you, yeah. Like, how did that work for you?
1: So, I mean, you have, traditional like, the best of both worlds, or yeah, the best of both worlds. I mean, I first really ex- explored the psychology aspect of it, mm-hmm. and that really helped me to ground the work mm-hmm. and to really. Uh, help the changes be anchored all the way through to mm-hmm. this life. Mm-hmm. I think like that gave me a lot of tools, which, which at first, when I was first working, I didn't really understand how to do that. Mm-hmm. But I went back and I really focused on how, from a psychological perspective to enable that, to really sit deeply and all the way through to this life and to be, you know, uh, to be an embodied experience. Uh-huh. And so, you know, n- hypnotherapy does, you know, it's grounded in hum- humanistic psychology the way that I learned and it's very um, heart centered and body wisdom centered Mm -hmm. at the same time. That's what you were talking about when I get people in touch with their sensations. Mm -hmm. That's very body wisdom centered. And then I went back and I really studied a humanistic, also humanistic uh, neuro-linguistic programming, which is Mm -hmm. called NLP. NLP, Yeah. yeah, So that's uh, a lot of business people use it. And it's just a way to understand the unconscious movements of all the languages that we have, which are the language of the body and the language of our of our verbal language and our feeling language mm-hmm. and to really utilize all of that to uh to empower the change work that's happening mm-hmm. so you know yeah and all of the the people i studied with you know were you know well-known psychologists and you know uh brown breakers brown uh ground Groundbreakers. Well, I said that backwards <laughs> ground in their field that that stepped out of the traditional field and then started teaching
0: nice that's cool yeah So how does like once once you've done a session and someone's come through and they've had this like groundbreaking experience, how do they integrate that into their life today? Like, do you do post follow up? Do you have like stories like how does that work for them now that they're out in the wild (laughs) and they've had this like crazy experience? It's kind of like rock their world. Like how do they integrate it into this life?
1: Well, the first thing I would say to most people is to not try to analyze or to clamp down with your mentality at first, right away, Mm. and to give it space, you know, because the deeper movements, the deeper, when I say movements, it's like rearrangements or reorganizing, Mm -hmm. you know, yourself,
0: your structure, yeah, your
1: structure and your body with this like new, uh, healing or new integration, uh, with, with your other, you know, aspects of yourself. Um, you know, I would say just don't clamp down too much and give it space to keep reorganizing because actually some of these bigger regressions, they take, you know, they take, uh, even though they're out of time, they take time to really move all the way into your life. So sometimes it's right away and sometimes it takes a few months.
0: Yeah, mine was like six months. Yeah, so that's actually,
1: I was the same way. Six months was pretty common. Um, But then, you know, of course, like the doorways open and I always invite people to reach out to me anytime and I'm willing to, you know, Help them, and it's really on a personal basis Mm -hmm. how they need, you know, what or what they need to really bring that more into a fully integrated or embodied state for themselves. So I I don't have like one formula back and forth. Like,
0: hey, I found that this thing was true and this thing, like, and that made me feel more confident and integrated into this life about what I experienced.
1: Yeah, and I don't have a formula, but yeah, just like that. It's really person by person. And I mean, I do invite people to journal if they're interested in writing or to draw it out. I think that's not really in my mind clamping down. Creative stuff is allowing you to integrate the experience even further. Yeah. So I think that's a good way to process and just allow it to come through mm-hmm. and to settle, you know?
0: Which is cool because actually I started writing a book.
1: Oh yeah. About I didn't know that.
0: my past lives that I've experienced. There's some that come through in dreams all the time. I've reincurrent dreams, like four of them. Um, one, the one that we talked about. Yeah. And then I have some other ones where I keep coming back to these same places. Um, and I thought about making the, I'm not going to tell the story cause I don't want anybody to steal it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially like a past life story that I go through these stories or like one life going through these, these other lives. But, and that's a creative way for me to process those, I guess, essentially those realities for myself into stories like that I can, I can expand, I can exaggerate. I can open up more of my consciousness to develop more details in yeah. that story yeah, as yeah. I'm writing it, um, as it comes to me. And I think that that's, that's a really fun way if at least for myself that I thought was really cool. Um, I'm really interested to hear about one of yours.
1: <laughs> one of my yeah, past lives. One of your past,
0: like give us the, the most fascinating, interesting one.
1: Um, I mean, let's see. So for me, the most impactful ones are the ones that include the life between lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, but the one the one that I experienced in that life was in the in the way that I work is I've and I'm you may have noticed this when we work together, but I focus more on structure mm-hmm. and like what's holding this in place for you rather mm-hmm. than story. Yeah. And even though we get the story so that you know that doesn't go unfulfilled, yeah. I'm looking for what's holding the story really like I'm questioning what's holding this story in place? Like what are the you know contracts or agreements mm-hmm. that are, oh, yeah. not, are not allowing it to be released yeah. or for you to move forward? And so in mine, I think with that frame of mind that you know um mine are kind of short and sweet mm-hmm. memories of having these experiences. But um one was, you know, I was in Mesopotamia and I was like a, a funny enough, a constellator. Ah, it's yeah. like on the outside of town and working with archi- people and that were uh that were architects and designing, you know, like temples and buildings to align things with the constellations. Mm-hmm uh so with astronomy and stuff like that and um so it's not the most exciting because you know i
0: find that very exciting (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but i
1: mean like not the most like um
0: not a battle it's not like a problematic (laughs) i guess
1: you know but the reason it came forward like that is because i was making that journey into spirit so i think it knew i needed like one where i was really grounded in my wisdom Mm -hmm. and also like i had a full healthy life so i could take that journey easily yeah um but it, it was like one of, you know, for me, so profound and awesome to remember that. Yeah. And then, you know, just the coolest part, though, was just um, noticing how that I left the body that time mm-hmm. because it was just like really and for everybody, it's a different speed. But for me, it was like, you know, like a shooting up. And I saw this like little like or it wasn't little, but it was from my was mind's right. perspective. It was like, you know, the like the inner being, you know, almost like it's a little being inside the body shooting up into the light, you know? Uh And then as I, (laughs) yeah, it was like a rocket. And then as soon as I started you know, moving into that space, the person that was guiding me kept asking me all these questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually, like, I w- I asked them to really not ask me any questions yeah. <laughs> anymore. So which is like, I'm totally okay with, because yeah. I can respect that, because that's how I was. Yeah, <laughs> But I was like, you know, maybe give me some quiet time. And then mm-hmm. I just let all the like layers from my you know, I started like really breathing into it and letting myself be fully immersed in this transition. And then late, later the person that was guiding me said she actually physically saw like energetic layers, like I was talking about mm-hmm. shedding off of my skin, you know, wow. like just like opening up and unfolding. Yeah. And then there was like this wall of, of colored light that came towards me. And she was asking, you know, is this your guide? Is this that? Is this the other? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you know, I, I had this inner knowing, you know, no, this is me. And it yeah. was like, you know, it was so profound to have this. I rose in this dance, like almost this intertwining with my like soul's essence and just like was fully integrated with it and, and allowed to allowed myself to release the residuals from the past life. Mm-hmm. And to really fully come back to my one hundred percent as a soul, because mm-hmm. in life between lives understanding, there's no you're not you know you're always there's always a part of you in the spirit world. I mean, you come down with a portion, a percentage right. of your of your uh, your soul to your to your body, and it's different each time based on what you need this time around.
0: Do people um, send down more than one portion in multiple dimensions at the same time?
1: Yeah, so that's. That has been recorded to happen where people – are you saying where they're in two different bodies at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very rare, but that does happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I asked that question because I feel like there there are a couple people that I know that I'm like, eh, uh, there's, that's very close. It seems like that's It funny.
1: could be that. Sometimes it could be that a past life of like – a pseudo obsession from a past life, which that's what uh-huh. I call it, a pseudo obsession, but it's, it's a, it's an attachment of your own past life. Basically yeah, yeah. is very strong in yeah. the personality. Yeah. So there's all these other things, you know, and I think I've seen a lot of things and, when people talk about attachments, most of the time it's, you know, it's ancestors yeah. from what I've seen. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, that scary of a thing. It's actually, it's a movement of love to, you know, it's a movement of rebalancing that which seeks to be, you know, reordered in love. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's sometimes throwing us out of our power, but it's, it's in the bigger picture, what's moving us towards our ultimate healing and growth.
0: Nice. So, do you do past life regressions on yourself?
1: I do not. Mm-hmm. No.
0: Yeah, because I wondered if <clears throat> is it is it possible? I, you just I think. It, to do
1: it? I don't know. I mean, I think like with meditation and developing in your own way, it's possible. Like obviously, it's possible with um, people that have you know become really intelligent and wise and enlightened in their own way. And I think it's possible for some people, but for me, when I try to do self-hypnosis, I actually fall asleep. Yeah. Now, I think that there's something to working with somebody because whenever you have a, like two people together, it's really, it's the law of three. You yeah, have yeah. you have a third presence yeah. coming in. Yeah. So there's a lot of power in that.
0: When one or two gather in, yeah. their name, let's <laughs> we'll say his name. Yeah. Anyway, that's so cool. I, I'm really excited. I hope that our listeners got a lot from that because- I think that what you did for me, I was in the beginning of my journey. Uh, I lived in New York and I just got divorced and there was just all this like stuff coming through or I I knew that I was a very spiritual person, that I was real open. I wanted to know more about my gifts or uh, abilities and what I was supposed to be doing with them. And uh, it was so weird that how it came about because never even heard of past life regression before. Um, and then I come across an article that said, um, something about, it always happens like that, right? Like you just run across something on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, are you confused about your gifts? You should get a past life regression. And it's and that, and I'm like, what the hell is that? So, and literally what I did was, is I just went on, uh, you know, on Google or something to hit New York, um, past life regression. So you came up first. Oh, nice. So, um, which you know, I don't know if that was like an SEO thing or a, a, like a directed. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're well, supposed to cross paths with this one.
1: I actually believe that it's always you know a guided yeah. experience with anybody I work with.
0: Yeah, same, same. I do. Like, um, so to be able to go into that and all the things that I experienced, my past life regression was three hours long.
1: Well, they're all three hours, <laughs> but time is relative, so it feels like an. It hour. It feels right?
0: like an hour or less. Or like, less, was, like we yeah. went through that so quickly. Um, even my second one we were like what the heck like it's like you leave time almost yeah. and it was so it went by even so fast. for me
1: too like, yeah I kind of you know lose sense or sense, sense I, I keep track of time but I lose yeah. sense of time yeah. yeah
0: it's 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 wild um but to have gone into that experience just completely open-minded and then what came out of that was so even to, to the point like I used to be super scared to go to sleep at night because I always felt this presence was like following me or standing over my bed or whatever and to have that person be removed during that regression we we worked with my guides during the regression of like who is this person what do we like how do we guide them to the light whatever and never felt that after that and i was like oh i can sleep <laughs>
1: <This> <laughs> that's beautiful yeah
0: so there's a lot of healing that came from that but i think that for people who might not know about it or understand it or whatever if they're having those same repeating patterns of things that are happening in their lives their same struggles that they're like why can't i get over this or why is this thing still present? Um, to, to consider doing one of those and definitely doing it with Travis because <laughs> um, he's really, really good. So um, before we close, can you tell people how to find you?
1: Yeah. And I, before I do, I just want to share one more thing because I think it relates to what you were saying, how mm-hmm. you found out about this, because I yeah. never would have thought I'd be doing this. Yeah. So I have I met this – I was traveling, you know, and I, and I met this older – this older man in Spain and we were staying with him through a friend mm-hmm. and he was a very, um, you know, he had lived a full life and he was an entrepreneur and done a bunch of interesting things really, uh, felt like satisfied his whole, with his whole life. And then one night at dinner, he, he told me out of nowhere, he told me, uh, you know, I had a past life regression once and I was in this life in Egypt and you know, my, what this happened to me and mm-hmm. my, and, and, this happened to my wife in Egypt and, you know, but the way that he told it, it, it struck me. It was like the most impactful thing of a full life from this, from this really accomplished man. And it really, it really struck me deeply. And so, and after, you know, I let that resonate inside for a little while. And when I decided to work on some stuff of my own, I, I was sought out somebody that was, you know, on track to be able to be a passive regressionist Mm -hmm. for me. I mean, I started out with inner child work, which really helped me, but, um, But it was – my first time was so powerful. Mm. So I got way more than I ever expected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is like that. Like, I think – I mean, it's not something you want to do, like, a few times a year. Or maybe you do. I don't know.
1: Some (laughs) people do, yeah. but It was
0: very – it was so impactful and it was so – it took a long time to process. Yeah. It was a lot of information.
1: So I think, you know, just um, experience by experience, you have to just see when you're ready for another one. If you ever do another one and – it's just, uh, it's really up to how long it takes you. There's no outline or yeah. there's no one way
0: of how to process that information. That's amazing.
1: So, to find me, you go to traviscarrier.com. That's exactly it. how
0: it sounds. <laughs> yeah. So, it's
1: uh, carrier like the air conditioning yeah. <laughs> and Travis. Like um, Travis. Like Travis. And, like Travis. <laughs> and um, on there, there's my phone number and my email. And a lot more information about all this stuff and you can contact me and I will be able to answer any of your questions and I'm always happy to do so. So don't What's feel your like. Instagram? So I have an Instagram called Travis Carrier healing. Mm-hmm. So it's the same just with healing on the end. Awesome.
0: Great. Well, I hope you guys reach out to him. Um, he's a wonderful person and a great soul. And uh, it's, it was really brilliant and changed my life and my I guess my journey of trying to discover what my gifts are and, and how to get get over some of that shit that has been holding me back. And it was a very impactful year after I had my past life regression. So I highly recommend it. Um, so thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Later.
1: Later. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: You're Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyaleah.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at the lovely for daily content and inspiration.